Okay, guys, you're on the Game Trail Podcast with Eric, Brian, and guest again, Vic. Hello, everybody. <laughs> He's our famous guest. The famous permanent guest on the show. Since we can't get Nolbert to join Nolbert, us. Nolbert uh, can't <laughs> seem to make it over in time to talk shop with us. Right. Well, but for a little while. For a little while. For the whole while. Let's see how things go. What are we talking about today? <laughs> We're going to talk about tactics and the advantage of hunting. Of hunting. Huh. <laughs> yes. Huh. Is right. Well, that's interesting. Um, what does that mean? Well, depends on what unit you draw and what animal you're going to hunt. We'll start with the most common one, probably deer, right? Deer. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, I'll throw one tag up. We drew, I won't say a specific unit, but we'll say... In New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> if I draw deer in New Mexico, one advantage I'm going to look at all, as soon as I know that I draw, I'm going to start watching the weather. Because that's going to play a huge factor in where you're going to hunt within the unit that you draw. And this applies across the board, I think, especially in the West. Um, yeah, we, I know that we always plan then every time we, if once we draw, it's constant looking at weather. And just weather. following it because that way you know on the moisture what's going to be out there, and the the water the water holes the the vegetation. Because he doesn't want to hunt the water tanks, or you know that's what we got west. We don't have like ponds because we don't get enough rain. So we have. Well, let's see. You know, I'm curious to see how this year is going to be since last year was so dry. Yeah. This year has been exceptionally total opposite. Totally yet opposite. there was games, so I want to see the difference. You know, cameras out there. Yeah. See if there's different pictures. Um, are they dropping sooner? You know, <clears throat> try to compare so we can keep a good eye on so that. So weather is a big factor in the unit before you go hunt the unit. Because, yeah, you get, like last year, a lot of us in the West had a very, very dry year. It was bad. And what's crazy, though, about especially the Southwest is we're thinking water, water, you know, we're going to have to hunt water. Which is not a problem. It's just finding, making sure everyone's not crowded up in the same dirt tank or whatever out there that you find that carries water the monsoons come in and guess what totally change the whole dynamics of everything I mean literally I mean you get there's so much water dirt tanks aren't a problem and part yeah, of the tactics, be on the, yeah, right part of the tactics is locating that water too yeah in the it, off seasons and that's another we'll go into that so do you hunt the obviously you're not going to hunt the tanks right off the the two tracks which this thing that you can't get it done, you probably want to find uh, an isolated uh, trick tank or dirt tank or spring or something out there where the rain's gathered up and created something for these for wild game to drink water. And that's for in the mountainous areas. You, you know, you're, you're talking elk, deer, and and even bear. Mm. Um, water is definitely a key factor, but I think getting away from the two tracks on that point. So definitely know where your water's at, where it holds water, the weather. Like in the southwest, it may look dry all summer long, and then come monsoon season, it'll change it within, before the hunting season starts, it'll change it within a month, easily within a month. Mm -hmm. um, you'll go from where you think the whole place is going to burn down to uh, you can't even, you have to take a change of boots because your feet get so wet walking through all the wet grass and stuff all the time. <laughs> Um, and speaking of burns, that's another thing we're going to bring up is do you hunt the burns 
as part of your tactic when you're out there when you draw a unit because some units haven't been burned and some units have been burned bad and then what do you do when your unit's burning during the midsummer that's happened to a lot of people that's even happened to us i have a my own experience with that with a unit almost more than half the unit burned down and i know a lot of people talk i'm not sure how it works where everyone lives but here I was actually offered a refund on my elk tag when the unit burned down. At the time, it was the largest fire here in the oh, state of New yeah, Mexico. I remember that one. Yeah, I actually was given an offer uh, to refund my my tag. Now, it didn't give me a chance to draw first again the next year, but I got my money back. But I didn't ask for it back. I ended up going out to hunt anyways. And then you get more than that. So if you do have a unit that you were, were drawn for, and it burns early in the year or midsummer. Make phone calls if you don't get the refund. Know your local jurisdictions and the numbers to see what the rules and regs are. Because for me, I talked about I talked to Brian with this years ago that I called the Forest Service and they said you're not allowed to go anywhere where it burned. And then Game Fish said if the road's closed, it's closed, but you can go in there and hunt as far as you can walk. So at one point. The Forest Service is they see you in there, are they going to find you? And then Game Fish just said, you know, walk wherever you want to walk. So if that happens to you, just make sure you, you know, you call the right jurisdictions to make sure you know the rules on what happened or what's going to happen when it's burned. If it's burning, I don't know, I've never been in that situation. I saw a lot of guys on social media this past season, like Wyoming, was it Wyoming, Montana, and Idaho, where their units were burning. And they had to either relocate or imagine some people probably had to just leave the unit completely because I'm sure they shut down some of those units. Those fires got big. Yeah, bigger. Out west. <clears throat> but what do you do when it does burn? Is it a fresh burn? Have you, has anybody hunted a fresh burn? I've never hunted a fresh burn, but I would think that you want to stay away from a fresh burn because there's nothing there. Everything was charred. I know. And I think. I can't remember. No, an old burn. Old burn, yeah. Because they have that. They have all that. Yeah, they have all the fresh vegetation, all that green, lush grasses growing and stuff. And yeah, it's supposed to be pretty good. You know, hunting the burns with rifles good because you can get in, reach out and touch them. But you know, it's hard getting in those burn areas because well, a couple reasons. You have the trees that are down, so it's hard walking, and then they can see for miles, you know. So you got yeah, the unit that you drew at a hundred year buck, and that was in a burn. You, that was a burn in probably about three or four years, and there were deer in that area definitely, but um, it was hard, hard getting to. And Brian's hunted this unit. I've been with him not hunting, but we I helped him out. And that was a hard unit because when the burns with the bow was because not just you had dead and down a lot of dead and down. Um, then you have all the saplings coming up too on top of that. So make sure very rough to get through with a bow. You can see a lot of game, but mm-hmm. um, rifle wise, I think Dick's right. Hunt it, hunt them. They're cleared out, you can see easily. Um, there is a lot of nutrients after the burns, but like Brian said, I think from what I've seen after a fresh burn, now we didn't hunt a fresh burn, but we got to drive through it. And I know some people will say, oh, fresh burns are good. Uh, well, the fresh burn in the unit that we were in, burn is so bad that even after heavy, you know, two months of heavy rains, you had a couple weeds popping up. It was still barren, you know, I'm going to say rock necessarily, but it was just barren there. There's not much greenery. Right. So, I, you know, there, there's game in there traveling back and forth, but 
they're not and they're grazing around for sure. So I think fresh, fresh burns, yeah, go take a look at it, but I wouldn't throw all my eggs on that thing. I would maybe hunt the edges or something like that. Definitely <laughs> um, the edges. Yeah. Uh, another advantage is terrain. Terrain and knowing your boundaries, meaning, you know, your private land, your public land, state land, BLM land, national monuments, all that comes into play when you're hunting these units. Uh, or know your unit because you can have a lot of stuff that you may not even know that you could even not be in hunting or the reverse you thought you couldn't hunt there but you could have hunt and they're like state property a lot of people don't know how state fun, state property works and of course every state is different but give or take it's they usually have the same rules and regs but you can you should be able to hunt on state properties but a lot of people don't think you can so Are know your boundaries cannot hunt in burn areas um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm sure. I, th I think they just. I'm gonna say make it up as they go, but I think it just depends on what's going on and where it burned and you know yeah. how recently. Because being what we know in our job, being in the fire department, you know, Brian knows more and more about this because he worked in our wildland division for a while. He, uh, you know, what what are they looking for? They're looking to clear out the widowmakers, which are burnt out tall trees. They're probably gonna fall down and hurt somebody, like, but those are mostly in like kind of like yeah, and areas. You have to watch out for the the twigs and the broken branches up there on on top, and what are stuck inside uh, that are stuck up in the branches up in yeah, the yeah. But canopies. when the Forest Service is cutting down what they call widowmakers, what it, you know, near campgrounds and stuff, is that what they're mainly looking at in trails? You know, just the uh, sorry. <clears throat> It's been a while, man. Is this, I didn't know this was a, a oh, test question on. here. I know that they, they cut them down if they're the dead trees, what are, like you said, they're close to the roadways, two tracks, uh, trails. They want to fall those ones and get those ones out of the way. So there you go. Yeah. Very right. simple to the point. <laughs> right to the Boing. point. I'm not going to. Sorry, I'm playing yeah, on my phone as well. But, I mean, they can't go through the whole entire forest and knock them all down. No. That's regular yeah, that's, it's nature what ends up doing that. Crazy. And that's one big problem about hunting the burns is you got all that dead and down what you got to yeah. walk through. I think after this past two years, hunting in the burns, they what's the famous quote? Does a tree make noise when it falls in the yeah. forest? Oh, it does. It does. Uh, we it's saw scary. several trees come down in the forest this past two years probably and you know, when we were, it's scary we're out there shed hunting and you're just walking the wind's blowing you see these trees waving back and forth and then all of a sudden you just start hearing the cracking and you're like where the hell is it coming from and when it falls you know 10 feet in front of you it's pretty freaky and yeah and then it ruins you just, everything yeah <laughs> you just circle around and be like i think it's time to leave i was with brian when they happened and yeah it we landed up leaving because it was so windy and after that big tree fell down, it was well over, and it was a big tree. And you can't not keep your eye on, I mean, you had to keep your eye on the trees blowing around because you didn't want to get smashed. And we landed up boogieing out, going somewhere low where it wasn't as bad because, and it wasn't burnt because it was, it made you paranoid and all of a sudden you kept looking at the trees. Um, they said, we'll talk about terrain now is there anything like you guys particularly look for 
when you're looking at terrain or does it really matter? Are you just trying to gear yourself up like, okay, yeah, this this is, are you looking for benches? Are you looking for meadows? Are you looking for natural I like draws? to look for benches and saddles, um, stuff like that because they like to hang out, you know, on, on those benches. They like to bed down on them. They like to cross through the saddles. It's easier walking, you know, and it's just like as they take the path of least resistance. Yeah. So I oh, try to sure. look for things like that, you know, and then you could get yourself into that situation. You're like, oh, man, this is uh, this is some steep country. They're not going to be in here, which isn't always the case. They're yeah. there. They, they go everywhere. I've seen sign of them in some rugged, rugged terrain. And you're like, and I'm just walking through. You know, and you see yeah, the sign of the of game being in there, but they were probably doing the exact same thing. It's something what they're not going to be hanging out in. Yeah, I know what you think about this opinion. I just kind of came with this just now. <laughs> it just occurred to me that like when you see people always talk about when I first got into hunting, people were like, "You got to find a game trail," and I I wouldn't say I've never seen an actual animal on a game trail, but. I don't know if that's really a, like a good sign that you're gonna see something because you see a game trail. That game trail could have been their winter range. It could have been their who knows. Um, obviously, it's fresh. Then you know, by all means, go for it. But uh, I'd never planned my hunt over a game trail. Like you're hitting no. trail pretty hard. I, I just I can see that out out east because you know everyone's been back. You know, out pretty eastern guys out there in eastern uh, U.S. Brian's been out there now too. Uh, I know Vic's been out there. The forest is so thick. I mean, I think they almost have to take certain paths out there because it's so thick compared to out here. Um, so you don't really have a game trail. I noticed the game trails are more for. To me, it seems like uh, when they're the transitions from summer range to winter range or uh, to watering areas where they like to water, you'll see some game trails start popping up around those areas. Um, but the steepness, you know, like there's an area that me and Brian like to hunt that's really, really steep. And I noticed there, if you see a game trail there, those are probably being used because they will take the path of least resistance. And I think you could probably, it'd be a safe bet to hang out near those, those pounded out trails and those, you know, like the oaks where we hunted at, you know, they, they are in that area. Um, Vic, when you, <coughs> when you go out, do you, how do you, do you look at the terrain maps and, or you just kind of, and you look at the terrain so you're familiarized with it and then you just, okay, this is where, this is my, you plot it out and that's your plot for the day? Yeah, that's kind of how I do it. I, I do look at the terrain a little bit um, on the maps, kind of see where I'm going. Uh, mostly hit the saddles and kind of glass down, but I don't use a lot of the game trails. I mean, they're nice to see, kind of get an idea, but I don't turn off them as well. Yeah. You know, I'll get down below them or above them and kind of walk across but um, I don't normally look for them. Yeah. Um, I don't bank on them, you know what I mean? What are water holes? What do you think about water holes? Because I remember when you're first year, I went actually went elk hunting with Brian and a guy named Mike. Uh, we were finding a lot of water holes, but some of them were, were even, there wasn't even fresh sign around the water hole, which was crazy because you think back to some of those areas that we were at, you, and one time we found one was there was a dead elk in one, mm-hmm. but there wasn't any new sign in that tank. And then, we, me and him split up and he found a tank where there was like a elk mecca going on and they're having like a bath party right and 
so it's weird how they one water hole will be being hit and one doesn't get touched. Mm-hmm. And there was a few water holes in Didn't have in that unit. What we even hunted earlier, and I sat on one, you sat on one, and nothing came in, and nothing. some other dude, what was it, a hundred yards from you? Oh yeah, ended up filling his tag. Yeah, shot a six by six right up. Just doing the same water hole. Yeah, one, there's, one tank above there's so many water holes in there. He was just one more tank above. Yeah, when you have that many water holes, you're kind of playing the like tic tac toe chess game there. Which one are you going to sit at? And is that animal going to come in? Um, do you use the the lands that you're not allowed to hunt to your advantage, or try to use it to your advantage, like national monuments? Uh, private property. Um, I just try to stay away from one myself. Don't take any chances. I don't hunt the edges of them very often. I've hunted the edges of private <clears throat> before, you know, and you just kind of skirt the edge and you you glass to see what's on on that private. And if you've seen something, then you just kind of hang back and try and determine which way they're they're headed if you could figure that out and you could work your way around if your land allows it you know that public property yeah then you could go to that direction kind of hit them off you know i we've done that before you know you uh you and i and one of the units we're hunting yeah and we were able to get there but by the time we got there you know they were already crossing over you know, we just didn't get there quick enough, but the yeah. terrain where we had to cross through was a lot harder, right you know, than the land what they were on. So they were able to maneuver a lot quicker. Maneuver, yeah. I like that one. Maneuver. Yeah. Another advantage that we, we don't, probably people don't want to talk about is networking. Asking other people what the, what we want to call it the... Eric's very good at networking. I'll network really good just to... Everyone that draws, especially out westward, they're all draw hunts. Um, when you finally draw, you want to try to make the most of it, and you're trying to be successful. I mean, not everyone wants to be successful, so you're trying to give yourself that advantage. Yeah, you network, 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 network. I mean, you, most people will help you out. Not everybody. Or they'll give you some tips on a certain unit that... There's even units that we still ask about that we hunt, that we know we'll still ask about, just because, you know, just to... The units are big enough to where you can go, okay, I haven't tried over there yet, but someone said they were seeing game over there, so they're like, should we go for it? Um, I know me and you were given a couple of hints, a couple of errors. We tried one out of like maybe the three, I guess, probably. Um, that, I won't say the complete name because people know exactly <laughs> where we're going, but uh, the marshy area, if you want to call it. <laughs> I won't call it its full, its real name, but it... At first, we were hearing El Bugle all morning long when we first got there. I didn't see anything, and then we split up, and we ended up both seeing elk. But we would have known about that area. What I'm getting is we would have known about that area if we hadn't networked around and asked. Right. We knew, we've seen it on a map. We just didn't know if we should venture out that far. And when we finally did, we weren't successful, but we did have a good hunting day. I mean, it landed up being a, a decent decent morning hunt, for sure. And there's a couple other areas that we didn't know about, but don't be afraid to network I think you know reach out if you know somebody or in your social media realm 
don't be afraid to ask somebody. You'd be surprised on um, how people want to help each other out. You know, especially out of staters. You know, if I went out to another state, which you know we're planning, talking a lot of going out of state to try to hunt, we'll definitely reach out. And I mean, you don't want to go in a blind. I mean, that kind of I think is a recipe for I don't want to call it disaster, but a recipe for having a bad time. At least if you're seeing game, it can be nice. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to network. Um, you'd be surprised how many guys out there are pretty friendly and it'll help you out. They're not, they're not going to tell you exactly, they're not going to hold your hand, nor I think you want your hand to be held during a hunt. But they'll definitely give you some some good pointers. Yeah. You know. In your experience, Vic, do you think most guys are pretty willing to help out? Yeah, when it comes to hunting wise, pretty willing to help out. Of course, no matter what you do, you're gonna find people that don't want to. But yeah, there's always those bees out there. They seem to help. I don't mind helping the little bit that I do know. I'll tell you everything I know in about two or three minutes. But um, yeah, I, I, I've, I've been 21. <laughs> I've had good luck with it. Um, people have been pretty good. As long as you respect it and just do it right and don't. Start. <coughs> Yeah. Anything, I think it'd be oh, and, and when I say network, not not the social media. There's also calling, find out who the local game fish officer is for that area. Um, they'll, and they're not going to point you on the spot either, but they'll help you get pointed in the right direction. Um, it's a good someone. It's the ranger stations. You know that's what I do. I call. I'll yeah. call the the local forest ranger station to call in conditions. You know, is there has it been raining up there? Is it dry? You know, because you know. We have full-time jobs. Everyone, a lot, most of us have full-time jobs, half family, and you can't get out there and scout all the time. So, take advantage of the telephone and social media, network, and make the phone calls to a BLM ranger that's out there. He may not tell you exactly where to go. Like, like I said in the past, he'll, they'll definitely tell you what the weather's doing out there. You know, sometimes you look on a map. I've done it many times where you see. Doppler radar and it's hammering. It looks like it's hammering you, and you call and they're like, "Yeah, we get nothing." You're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so is it green out there? No, not yet. Yeah. So the rangers, the forest rangers, the game fish rangers, they're good scouts. Very good scouts because they are out there all the time. And they'll usually help you out pretty good. They're, yeah, they will. Some of them, they'll tell you that they haven't seen anything, oh, and yeah. you're like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> you drive you know? out there all day long, you didn't see nothing. <laughs> And you know that they're, they just don't want to give you any information because they know they're not the hunters. They're the ones who just want to go out there and enjoy the scenery. And then you, they know that you're out there to go hunt and they don't want to give up any information, you know, but you know for a fact that they're seeing them because they're on those dirt roads constantly driving around and you're like, well, what are you doing? Just staring right in front of your truck. But that's just me getting a little frustrated with them you know when I start saying that but yeah tell us how you feel it's uh <laughs> it's good I mean I've I've helped people out I know Eric has Vic has we we all have you know we've had people hit us up on Instagram who non-residents coming mm-hmm. over here to hunt in certain units and we pointed them into uh or Eric did he was the one communicating with them but pointing them into the right direction and they were able to get one one for two so yeah Yeah, that's pretty good I mean that's above average for success rate yeah and it sounded like they were they seen more but they were looking for bigger quality 
Yeah, so one of the guys yeah. is looking for yeah, just a bigger quality. Yeah, you're just like, you, well, you know, I mean, when you're out there on a bow hunt, you know, yeah, everybody state. wants that trophy. Don't get me wrong, but you're bow hunting, everything's a trophy. Yeah. In my book, you know. So I do. I do know. But hunting, you know, just all those the different type of terrain and stuff, you know, it everywhere's different. You know, it's not always the nice open forest, you know, it's you get your thick areas and stuff like that. And some people love to hunt those thicker country. Yeah, I think me and you kinda like the thicker country. I don't know if it's just I wanna tell if we like it, but we're drawn to it for whatever reasons. Yeah. I don't know because we're more successful in there. Because I suck at glassing. I mean, yeah. I try to glass on knobs, and then I get to an area where I'm like, oh, yeah, this would be a good area to glass. Well, it was this past season when we were actually pretty good at yeah, we were picking up a bit of game, game finally. No, it was, we didn't go after any of it because <laughs> there were in areas that we just weren't in a position to go after. Yeah. But we picked up a lot of game this year in the glass, which is kind of fun because that's definitely takes some patience and a little bit of art when it comes to just gritting out an area mm-hmm. and you know I, that onyx maps you know is we utilize that we use a lot utilize uh google earth um oh yeah that's yeah the, the digital advantage the, yeah the digital i mean you're able to get that that view that bird's eye view of everything um google earth you know you could zoom in like crazy check out the area then you find that area on like us, we find that area on Onyx Maps to see if it's huntable property, you know. So we start doing our research as soon as we get the draws come out. As soon as yeah, as right away, you know, we we start pulling up Google Earth and Onyx Maps That's paper a good point. the paperback uh, the paper maps um and we Everything. just start looking and then we'll start calling people, you know, and just to especially if they're a new unit what we haven't really hunted in we'll do a lot more uh even we'll do a lot more calling no more phone calls made um, and you have a good point like as soon as those draws come out you can get out and at least scout on google earth and onyx maps and start narrowing things down yeah because you could find water holes you could find the natural springs you could find those canyons and stuff like that where the roads are accessible and so on and so forth so not being able to make it out there you know you still have your means of trying to figure yeah. things out thanks to the digital world you can yeah if you're out of state or you're you know if you're in state shoot you could draw you know depending on where you live in the state that you're from you may live in one corner and you may draw a unit way down on the opposite which you know, in the western states, you know, from one corner to another corner is what, on average, four to five hour drive. Mm-hmm. Most guys don't have the time to do that. They might get a weekend or two before a season starts. And that's where Google Earth comes into play and everything else comes into play. Um, at least check it. If you can't make it out, it is what it is. But, I, you know, we always tend to at least make it out once, minimum. There's yeah. some, the animal pond we didn't make it out, but. That no, one was completely blind. That was a little, I would right. say, kind of scary going into it because we did not, other than Google Earth and Onyx, we had no idea what we are getting ourselves into. It was just way too far from here to to really to scout it. You know? yeah, and that's one thing is 
what we like to do is we try and go out at least two days before the hunt. One mm-hmm. for sure. Guaranteed one one day before the hunt starts. That way you're getting acclimated, you know, to the altitude change. It gives you that time to be able to drive around, see how far it is to the areas you want to hunt from wherever you're camped at, you know. Yeah. Because you might pick out a couple spots and be like, okay, we're going to camp out here. But you have those other two or three spots that are further away from camp. So it gives you that opportunity to be able to get out there and know the distance. You know, how long is it going to take you? So if you do decide to do a morning hunt, how early do you have to wake up to get out there? That's it. You guys are just going to sit there and not elaborate on any of that. I was taking it all in, man. I was soaking it in. I'm like, wow, man, that was powerful. <laughs> You're right, though. But that is part of scouting and part of tactics, right? That's part of the tactics. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's funny when we say, you know, advantages and tactics and, like, we're going into war. But yeah, I mean, I would call it a war, but you're, you know, you want to be successful. This is, it, you know, hunting is not a... Especially on big open public land, you don't. It's game on, no pun intended. But uh, mm-hmm. big, big units. Yeah. Even the ones that look small <laughs> on like a game map, you know, uh, these units. You get there, and you're like, oh my god, man, this is a big unit, a lot of land to cover. And uh, well, another thing, you know, when somebody buys a ranch tag, we've bought in. Uh, few ranch tags for elk before in the past and it's the same thing we oh, yeah. are still we're constantly communicating with the rancher um eric does a lot of that footwork because he's just good at it so he's the one who pretty much does but we're still constantly looking <coughs> looking on the map looking at the guy's ranch trying to figure out where they possibly be uh, crossing everything so even look at figure he's packing all his head up it's got what time is it man it's 4 o'clock <laughs> in the afternoon dude oh, oh. It's nap time. you were supposed to go drink coffee or I told you make an iced coffee make an iced coffee dude oh, me and Brian didn't good that's awesome well you're gonna um, go make one I'm gonna go make what one. do you guys do to stay <laughs> <laughs> I drink iced coffee. Oh, get prepared tonight because it might be busy. So always gotta be prepared. See more tactics. Yeah, that's not the tactics we're talking urban about. Tactics. No. Yeah. Urban <laughs> tactics. No. Take a nap. Take a nap. Take a nap. Often this. Do you take a nap when you hunt? Uh, yes, of I course. Who doesn't? That's like the best nap you could take. I what know. sucks is I think. So <laughs> this is a story. Me and Brian are hunt, deer hunting <laughs> in the Haymas. And so I go, I brought a ca- game camera with me. I know, that. I've said it again. You know what? And I'll keep saying it again. You still have to draw the unit. <laughs> it doesn't matter, dude. Where are you going yeah. We're hunting Yeah, in you don't Mexico. know where I'm hunting at. Blah, blah, blah. Are you on? Okay. So, long story short, I took a game camera with me because I wanted to set it up in an area to see what on earth is going on over here. So I set it up. I meet Brian, this is, I'm going to call it late afternoon, probably like, what, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, maybe? I don't remember. I don't know, it was, like, it was late afternoon. He shot deer that morning, so we're exhausted from taking care of that. And 
We took a nap for probably a lot longer than we probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> we passed out on we the hillside. We passed out for like <laughs> almost a solid two hours. On the hillside, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, on the hillside. Um, and we woke up and we're like, oh, man, that was a good nap. And we're joking, like, oh, I bet you deer walked right past us. And that didn't, I don't know if that happened yet at this point, but we got up. I don't, did we even see a buck when we woke up? Maybe we did. But I, no, I had, no, we I didn't see it right away. Back. We started walking. Started walking, I drew back, but, or no, I didn't get the draw back. This deer, uh, long story, I blew out a deer, moved locations, long story short. Two months later, I go to retrieve the camera, and I set up the game camera, and whenever I'm checking the card, a deer shows up on a nice three by three, and he is literally like 20 minutes after I dropped the camera off. Set the camera up, left, and we're not too far, maybe 300 yards away from this game camera, and a buck walks by literally like 20 minutes after I let the camera off, and of course me and Brian are passed out at this point, so who probably walked right past us, and he's yeah. like, look at these two dweebs <clears throat> sitting there snoozing, man. Snoozing what kind of hunters are they? But, uh, well, sleepy ones. <laughs> Sleepy ones. So, uh, what's the world of the story is if there's two of you, one of you's got to stay up the whole time while the other one naps. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, or if you got three guys, it's even better. Pull the, whoever pulls the shortest straw has to stay up. Keep their eye open. Scan. Start scanning. Um, another, I don't know if it's an advantage, but something you should, should prop yourself on is. The unit that you drew, is it a, a transitional unit? I mean transitionally, is it transition from desert to high alpine? Or are you hunting uh, rolling hills with juniper and, and cedars and stuff like that? I guess it's the same thing, but juniper and pinyon, um, that makes a difference. Uh, you're, you know, Brian's father-in-law was hunting in a unit where, I, I wouldn't call it desert, but it's pretty close to being desert, transitioning into a riverbed. And so... You know, you got to know the, the, where the draws are at. You know, check the draws out. Get in the sand. Well, not get in the sand, but walk into the draws and see if they're game trails going across there. That way you know if they're going from, if they're transitioning from one elevation to another elevation because that's going to uh, change a lot of things. The seasons, the seasons are going to change a lot of things, you know. Are you, uh, I've never been snowed on. I don't think I've ever been snowed on. Oh, I've definitely been snowed on. Snowed on. Kept in in camp for two days because there was so yeah. much snow. See, that's well, usually time we're hunting. It's so hot you're walking around in shorts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I wish you could have gone. There's a rifle hunt up north, northern New Mexico. And I think it snowed four feet in about a day and a half. And we were in camp just there because yeah, sense in getting out that, there at that time. Yeah, and I think with modern technology now, you could probably. You know what I'm getting at is like if you had known that the big storm was coming and pounding with that kind of snow, you know, head down to a lower elevation and probably start seeing game, you know. And so, obviously, the rains don't really push game down; they just keep game from moving around. Yeah, I don't I was know definitely that. unexpected on that one, though, for sure. Yeah, but <clears throat> it happens. Um, so got the digital advantage taken out of, social media taken care of. What else? What else is there? Just being lucky? Just being lucky. <laughs> wear your lucky socks Luck. and underwear. Don't always wear that. Running into the animals. That's a good thing. Keep moving around. Look is a good thing. But if you're able to get up on a high vantage point, definitely glass. Um, if you're good at it. We are not good at glassing. 
anything up. And so... No, I suck. If you're good at it and you're able to glass and get up on those high points and glass, this past season was... I was able to glass up a few bears, but it was a small little canyon. Yeah. And uh, we glassed up deer there the year before. Yeah, and well, it, it, we just got better at it. Yeah, is, is the thing that is an advantage that everybody needs to take. That, you know, can you go or what? Is uh, glass. Make sure you bring the proper glass. And that's either said than done because you know binos are definitely expensive, and so are spine scopes. So you may want to find one if you haven't. If you're looking in the, I guess if you're in the market to buy one, buy like a middle of the ground one, I guess. <clears throat> Um, Do you gotta like dig that one up if you're buying it in the middle of the ground? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Lifetime warranty. Definitely buy something with a lifetime warranty. I like to um, walk in, you know, like you said, go early, kind of check out your hunting area, and then you can walk in early at dark with headlamps and then sit in glass and watch sunrise. So that always helps. Yeah. Or you just like watching the sunrise. Well, I do. Though. I just, oh, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's kind of nice to get out there and glass, watch it rise, and see if you see anything on the hillsides. On yeah. the horizon? Yes, sir. What? <laughs> nothing. You're being dumb? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. One of us has to... Yeah, time out. I need to take a little break. Uh, you guys continue <laughs> talking. I'll be right back. You're not coming back. You better come back. We're not done talking tactics, dude. They're wait. They're listening for your next wise, next sentence to say. Don't listen uh, to anything Victor said. Just kidding. Yeah, erase it all. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk about because he left. He's gonna use the restroom. Um, what else is there? In tactics. I can't really think of much. I think that's it when it comes to and knowing your game that you're hunting. What are they capable of? Well, I'm going to say what they're capable of doing. They're capable of doing anything. I've learned that. I'm sure Brian has too. I'll be trying to like cut across some nasty brush or something like that or a rock field and think, what am I doing? There's never going to be a game animal here and you'll see elk droppings or deer on the, right next to your feet and you're like, how in the heck, why was he in here to begin with? Why is that animal crossing a rock field? Uh, you never know what these animals. These animals are crazy. I mean, you think only like billy goats and to get up to the nasty higher rocket terrain, but elk and deer can do it. Trust me. Yeah. They can get through some nasty areas. You'd be highly surprised. Know your game. Try and start pattern, uh, pattern, patterning. 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 Okay. <laughs> <Can> okay. <you laughs> <say it's> patterning. <laughs> pa- either. Pattern, pattern them. Oh, forget it. Uh, that sounds better. Pattern them. The best you can, you know. Elk, I know. Once you, if you're able to get in on, find where their their feeding ground is in the morning, and then if you can't make them in, well, can't, can't make them in, can't <laughs> make it to them on on their feeding ground, or they start headed out, kind of follow them, see where what direction they're headed yeah. to their bedding area, and then if you're able to glass them up in their bedding area, make that stock in on them there crash them in their beds if not then just watch them watch them bed back out and hit it again the next morning or that evening because they're going to work their way back to that feeding area 
that evening and you're able to start getting that pattern set and then it might take you two three days but once you do it you're going to know exactly where they're going to be the next go around and you can head them off before they even leave their their uh feeding yeah, I, grounds i think me and you learned that um i think we're both like to be pushy aggressive once we find game but you can be overly aggressive and one elk hunt that we went on <clears throat> we kept hitting the same area i mean we were hitting it hard and to say an area <laughs> was blown yeah we blew it out after i mean we hunted we were in them four days straight um we took that shot about mm-hmm. 90 yards remember you took it we were gunning in Brian knows what I'm talking about, but we put the pre- I and mean, we put the pre- we turned it up high on in the game. And then, like on the fifth day, we go in there and we didn't see nothing. It was nothing. crickets. But that comes with being uh, aggressive, and you have to understand that. So if you when you get aggressive, you have to know you don't have a whole long time before they're gone. They may, may they may go. You may blow them out. Who knows where? Yep. But there's nothing wrong with it. You just know that you you have a small window to make it happen, and if you don't. Um, you're gonna have to um, <coughs> just change locations. Excuse me. And then on the vice versa, it's okay to to get like you know we handled that unit again, and me and Brian were getting into this one herd really well, but we weren't we were putting pressure we weren't putting pressure on. We were able to actually put the sneak in there. It, it's such a thick area when it comes to vegetation wise, it's hard to get a shot off. But we were in the elk all the time bugling, and instead of going after them like really really aggressive what do we do we backed out and guess what that herd was there the next same day i ended up mm-hmm. shooting a cow elk out of there out of that herd um so if you can put the sneak on them or you're in a good herd of elk or deer you're, you're constantly seeing them. if you can go in there and you, you just don't have that shot window back just out back out and let them be because they will be there the next day they i promise you they will be there because that we experienced that firsthand. Yeah, it it happened. That does so. That's another something to think about as a. And as you're a always tactic. yeah, you're always learning new things every single day whenever you're out there hunting. And like Eric's saying, don't be afraid to be aggressive. If you're able to get in there and get that shot, and you know it, then do it. You know, don't be like, oh, you know, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna let these guys walk this way. You know, there are not. Yeah, they um, might not come back. You know. Yeah, they're probably not going to come back. So, yeah, I just drew a blank. <laughs> yeah, Victor is coming back. So hey, Vic, he's back. Interrupted us. Well, hello there, sir. Well, well you're back. All right. Sure you're going How to was it? it? Good. I take a little break. Yeah, that's good. Walk. What are you eating? M and M's. M and M's. Oh, yeah. I'm still drinking my iced coffee. Yeah, I didn't get any coffee. It's all gone. Oh, really? Hmm. Weird. Weird. <laughs> but <laughs> so we're kind of. Well, I'm glad you came back because we're getting ready to wrap up. Well, very good. That's awesome. Um, thanks for listening to the podcast. Brought to you by Onyx Maps. Know where you stand. I promise you, it'll change the way you hunt. So, next podcast, stay tuned because we're going to talk all elk. Who doesn't want to talk all elk? Where oh, you're in? I'm talking about elk. Yay! Hey! 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 Jeez, man. I can't see it, but my hand is up. He just has one. He's not that excited. Oh, there's the other one. There's the other one. All right. So, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you guys subscribe. Leave a review. Please 
whether good or bad, we need to gauge on how bad these podcasts are or how great they are. I don't know where <laughs> we're at. So please leave a rating, leave a comment. That we know what direction we're going in. If we're heading to something that you like or don't, uh, let us know. And then we, this is the sixth, or this, yeah, this will be the sixth podcast Number out. Six. Number six. And so you'll have a, a whole assortment of stuff to choose from. You may not like this one, you may like some other ones that we talked about that, you know, uh, what do you call that? Oh, we'll help you out on your next hunt. So <laughs> over and out. We'll see it. Thank you. Bye.